Oh, welcome to Accountable Love, home of the love snarls, where love is a group journey. My name is Aziz. I'm Jerry. And today we'll be talking about how accountable love relationships involve leaning in. Love snobs, love snobs, love snobs. The love snobs have surfaced. You know, the people that actually use honesty to communicate. The genuine friends that refuse to let you feel sorry for yourself. Yes, those people. You know, the friends that collect your tears every time life makes your eyes ring. The love snobs, the people that don't allow you to settle. Support your dreams, but don't support you sleeping with just anybody. You know, the friends that are so judgmental, they actually stay away from negative people and encourage you to surround yourself with positive people. Yes, that friend, the friends that love you even when you refuse to love yourself. You, you know, know, the, the love, love snobs. Now, we chose this topic because we see too many people forfeiting their good relationships or their great relationships because they have experienced a loss. And through those losses, the great relationships are there so we can actually lean in to our great relationships and use our great relationships to actually allow us to recover and remind us of what we have that's great in our lives. So we see what's worth living for or what's why we should live and move forward and move on and the fact that we have great, you know, support. So, you know, some of the topics that we're going to address five topics we're dealing with with loss and how people, you know, tend to distance themselves from those when they experience these various topics. We're going to have heartbreak. We're going to have death. We're going to talk about, excuse me, we're going to talk about heartbreak. We're going to talk about death. We're going to talk about happiness. We're going to talk about commitment and we're going to talk about love. Now, everything obviously is not a loss, but it's what people are fearful of and fearful of losing. So what's going on, Jerry? I mean, we can start off by talking about heartbreak. And well, when, when we deal with heartbreak, the first thing that we want to do is retreat. We don't really want to be around people because we're still kind of trying to figure out in our minds what happened and what your next move is going to be and just pr pretty much processing all that has happened emotionally. Um, a lot of times people want to do that on their own, but based on my own experience as well, like anytime that I've dealt with heartbreak on my own versus heartbreak with other people, I yield different results and I get to a different place. I get to a much healthier place when I am with other people as opposed to when I'm trying to deal with heartbreak by myself. Because when you're dealing with heartbreak, you internalize things. If you're an accountable person, you're thinking about all the all the areas that you were wrong in and, and the part that you played in the breakup. Definitely. And sometimes you can be a little hard on yourself and take may, maybe more of the blame as you should, or sometimes you're not being as accountable as you should be. But when you're sitting, when you're sitting in your room and you're in your head and you're not really talking to anyone, you're kind of creating this unhealthy cycle of negative thoughts that you would take a little longer to get out of because you're alone. So when it comes to heartbreak, that's one of the areas that you should lean in and talk to your friends, even though you may be at the most vulnerable, your most vulnerable moment um, you're not feeling like yourself, you're ashamed, um, disappointed, and going through all these different, all, all those different emotions, in order for you to recover quicker and in a healthy way, 
the best thing to do is to lean into the people around you because they know you best, right? So they can let, they're gonna check you and let you know, yeah, you did this wrong, but you were right in these five areas. And, mm -hmm. or you were totally wrong. And it maybe even allow, gives you something to even go back to your ex to talk about, not be, to get back together, not to reconcile, but just to say, uh, you know what, this wasn't, to, this wasn't all your fault. Yeah, to find some closure or to, you know, actually allow you to move forward from the relationship whether you was right or wrong or whether yeah. you take your percentage of what you did wrong. And obviously that's what being in an accountable relationship is all about. It's about accepting the percentage of where you went wrong and holding other people accountable for where they went wrong. But, but I, mean, I would like what, to, wait, I, 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 I would also like to add, like, we, like when we come, when we deal with heartbreak too, if you really want to move on in a healthy, accountable way is not to have like a, a, a bash, best with your friends about how you know he's he ain't you know he ain't an ish and she's not this or you know i seen the writing on the wall it's really just to uncover what really truly happened so that you can possibly find a relationship that is going to suit you the next time yeah exactly it's not about like yeah like i knew it and and he was and, and to talk about all the bad things that he did to you or or talk about oh, how good you were too good for him the exactly. point is it didn't work out so it's really to be around when you're leaning in it's really important to lean lean into people that are that believe in accountability and want to hold you accountable as well definitely like we shouldn't build we shouldn't build our character or our, our self-worth off of bashing other people or yeah absolutely even though it feels people good don't even moment. know is you was in the relationship so yeah it's person something about you great or so nasty you have to look at which what parts you played in that relationship yeah absolutely but we're taught we, i mean we're taught if when you look at it we're taught as a society that our emotions are ours you know what i mean and they're ours and we are entitled to our emotions and we have the right to close up or to be or to open up anytime we want but really we signed the contract to actually go through life with other people so when one relationship falters the other relationships are supposed to support us in that loss you know they're supposed to support us and obviously it may be rekindling that relationship or moving forward from that relationship so if you're not at your best you rely on the people that are at their best you know what I mean? Or at a better place than you are. So you lean in, you lean into the relationship. When you pull away, you're not at your best. And when you're like, I got to go through this, I got to go through this alone and I need my time to go through this alone. Your thoughts aren't the healthiest. So when you are alone, you're not really taking in the information or you're not really digesting the relationship the way you possibly can if you're bouncing ideas off of the people who are in a healthier place than you are and the people you rely on to actually go through life in. Part two is, you should lean in because heartbreak means that I don't want to fall to another relationship and have it pile on to that heartbreak by losing somebody else in my life. So the whole point and the whole process of leaning in and having an idea of leaning in or having a mentality to lean in when you are in a heartbreak or you lose somebody, it is about, you know, actually nurturing the relationships you have still present to make sure that you don't lose something extra. You actually gain a strong connection because if you lost a person, that means you gain time and you gain more energy to actually move forward and actually build on the relationships you actually have. So you can dedicate more time and more, you know, more and be more present in those relationships and utilize that time with the understanding that you're still trying to fill that role. So if it's a partner, you're still trying to, you know, obviously get a partner. That's the destination. 
So when you are going, like what you said, when you are having these discussions, the destination should always be to be in the healthiest place so you can actually find another partner or another spouse to actually start a, a, a life with. And, and in order to do that, you need other people. Sometimes the version of ourselves are skewed. Definitely. You know, like we think that we are this with this this person, a person, and that sometimes is, is not the not the reality. And you need other people around to bring that to your attention, because we may think that I could think that I was like the best girlfriend ever, and they're like, well, you didn't really spend time with them. You know what I mean? Definitely. But in my mind, I'm thinking that I was checking all the boxes, and in hindsight, I really wasn't. You know what I mean? So, it's it's really important to bounce those ideas off each other. Remember. Um, I think like two years ago when we were on the radio show and we talked about, you know, the, 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 the conversation was about relationships, obviously. Mm -hmm. And we talked about, you know, everyone shouldn't be in your business. Like, you know, your relationship is your relationship and you, you don't have to answer to anybody basically. Definitely. But, you know, we truly believe that love is a group journey. So everyone is involved in your relationship. Everybody I mean, they're, not, the they, they're there to support you. Huh? I said your relationship is everybody's business. Yeah, they're there to support you. They're there to support the good, the bad, and everything in between. So it's if if you are around people that are truly in your life to really support you, and you're building those relationships, then your relationship and your happiness matters to them, Definitely. right? The health of your relationship matters to them. And to so, make an informed decision, they need all the information. Exactly. To to make that informed decision, they need every piece of information possible to make that judgment call to support you in your relationship. Exactly. And, it's, and, and if it ends in a heartbreak, Definitely. they're not able to advise you if they don't really know the other person involved. Or they don't even know what went on in the relationship mm -hmm. and you kept all your relationships separate. Yeah. So I guess that's why we always talk about, I mean, that's definitely why we always talk about combining your relationships, making sure that all your relationships are in sync because it's important to have like-minded people around you because for the you know for the times you have to lean in and pull from that support when you are going through a hard could truly support you. Through a hard time or you know because the heartbreak don't always mean that you actually eliminate the relationship it could just mean that you're in a rough patch in the relationship or you don't know how to restart the relationship it's in a bad place and it's spiraling and going in the wrong direction and you need that support to remind you of where you need to be and where, where, where the, and process the information to say, okay, let's get back to where we need to go. Let's have this discussion. Maybe some of your friends could come over and sit down with you and your partner and y'all could have somebody who mediates and gives y'all a greater understanding. Now, obviously, you know, we're love snobs. We um, are relationship builders. So we basically work through this situation or work through issues with, with couples and work through issues with friends and work with it through issues with individuals. But at the end of the day, you should have a support system. Our, our aim is to gain and to grow your support system and build your support system. So you can actually gain that strength from that structure or gain that strength from those people. And through heartbreak, which is a hard, it's really hard because you're not in your greatest element and you're not at your best. So to actually say, I need help, I need assistance, it's hard for so many people. And there are those people that always need help and always need assistance because they're not proactive and they're not putting themselves in the best position to succeed. So you don't want to be the person draining your relationship because you're always in a, in turmoil and you don't want to be, be the person that's faking like you're the strongest human being in the room when you're not. You want to be able to be vulnerable when it's time to be vulnerable when you're not at your best. So overall, you should be leaning in. You should definitely be leaning in and keeping your friends close and keeping your spouse abreast on what's going on with your friendships and things of that nature. Like, it should be one fluid motion. We should be 
able to talk about our relationships overall. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And brings us to the next segment is leaning in after death. You know, okay. when death is so unpredictable. So <laughs> like, yeah, and it's final and you don't know when it's going to occur, who it's going to be, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. Like it's, it's one of the things that we cannot control. Definitely. But the one thing we can control is how we deal with it. Definitely. And most people, again, with heart, with, like with heartbreak, when people deal with death, they, because they're in it in the moment, they believe that the people around them don't understand what they're dealing with, Definitely. especially depending on who died. Mm-hmm. You know, so if it's if if it's if it's a a, a, a child, you know, it's it's, it's it sucks the life out of or yeah. huh? I said when it's a child, it's different from when your parent dies, or yeah. your friend is different from when your spouse dies, and everybody makes it a, 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 a different understand. Which it does have its differences, but at the end of the day, death is death is death. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you have to mourn and you have to recover. And a part of the, the, the mourning process shouldn't be isolation. It should be leaning in. It should be bringing all those people that you call friends or all the people that you say is your spouse or the person you say is your spouse. Bring them in closer. You know what I mean? Allow them in to actually bounce ideas off of so you can get back to where you need to go. Actually use them as motivation, inspiration to say, I lost one person. I'm not losing another. Well, it's not, you know, it's not in control of losing another. Well, losing another, you turn the, in the, in the, um. Meaning I'm not wasting time. Wasting I'm not losing time, another yeah. in the physical, meaning yeah, like physical, yeah, in a way where I can't recover it, or they're only holding on to our relationship because they're fearful of walking away because I just lost somebody. We should never be in that place where somebody's just feeling obligated to be in our lives. If we let, if we lean in and we actually are honest about where we're at, and we're not being nasty or we're not closing up or we're not feeling entitled to every emotion we feel and where we understand like this person lost somebody with us because every pain you feel they feel mm-hmm. if they're in your life every emotion you feel they're processing it as well because love is a group journey so everything that goes on with you goes on with them because they're impacted by it one way or another so when you start believing like you're the only one impacted by it because maybe I was somebody closer to you than that person doesn't mean that it, it, it's not the truth. You know what I mean? You was impacted 65%, but they impacted the other 35. And together y'all, y'all make 100%, meaning y'all working through this together. So y'all should actually work through it as a unit. You know what I mean? You know what, you know what too? Like that is one of those things that is not talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's one of those things that we cannot run from, right? It's going to happen at some point, right? Yeah, but nobody ever really talks about, you know, it, they forge relationships based on, I don't want to have regrets if you die, right? So it's guilt, right? So mm-hmm. guilt is, is driving a lot of people's relationships because they can't live with the fact that if something happens to them and they weren't on good terms, like they, they, they don't, they don't want to go on with life in that situation. But the reality is that, you know, we're living now and really embrace what we have going on alive and know that put things in place so that when death does happen, and I'm not saying that you're not going to feel it and be emotional if, if my daughter died or, or my godson died, you know, before me, like that's going to rock me. But I do know that there's other people around as well that I need to always remember that I'm building a life with as well. 
So, and I can't bring the dead back, right? Mm -hmm. So, I have to continue to live and live for and live for 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 the people that died. You know what I mean, and exactly. and really understand that it's death is, is final. So I can't reverse it, but I can decide how I want to live my life. And am I gonna die in spirit too with you, Definitely. or am I gonna continue to live? Because it's, well, it's really you're not like when we all we talk about in relationships. The number one tool is empathy. You're yeah. not really realizing like this person doesn't even have a life like they if you really looked at the other person's perspective though they're dead they're they don't have the life to live you do yeah so the longer you take from your life and the longer you're in a rut is the less you it's a smack in the face to them for not having the breaths left to actually live their lives so mm -hmm. the whole point is not to force the recovery not to fake the recovery but start the recovery process as soon as possible so you can actually enjoy the life you have until it's your time. You know what I mean? Until it's your time to actually experience that because there's so much, there's so many facets of life that you still have to hold on to. And sometimes death is a reminder. Like we take, we take certain things for granted and yeah, you shouldn't feel the guilt, but you should have that in the forefront of your mind. Like these people are in my life and I'm not going to take them for granted. So if you do have a death, you know, you gave your all to that person and you don't, you're not left with regret and left with the idea that I could have gave more. You understand that you could have get, you could have, you gave as much as you can give. And, you know, regardless of what you believe God, or, you know, you believe they're just worm food, whatever it is, you know, that you spent those moments with that person and you can cherish the moments for the rest of your life. And they was just called to, for a high purpose. And no, it's okay. To, and it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to reminisce. It's okay to play their favorite music, eat their favorite foods, like do all those things. Like lean those in. Things are lean yeah, in. Lean, yeah. Though, like it, it's commendable. Like I see, you see, especially with what just happened with the, around the world. Like so many people passed away, right? Okay. And everyone had to deal with death to some capacity. And I see some people who lost loved ones and they're celebrating them every day and they're still talking to them and they're still present in their lives, although they're not physically here Definitely. and they're leaning in and that's how they're coping. And that's how they're still grieving and, and dealing with the loss. And, you know, that's healthy. That's the best way to deal with it because you can't erase the fact that this person existed and you can't erase the fact that this person left this void in your life that would never be there again. Like that, there, there's a piece of, of, there's a piece that they feel that they're never going to feel in that way again, Definitely. but it's okay to lean in. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay that, you know, you want to still celebrate them. Those things are okay because it's not okay not to talk about it. It's not okay not to bring them up. It's not okay not to say their name. It's not okay. You know, those things are not okay. Yeah. Definitely, accountable relationships involve leaning in. Like, yeah. That's automatic. And you made a great point that a lot of people don't emphasize enough. Everybody always talks about it's oh, people mourn and grieve different. Yeah. There's a healthy way to mourn and grieve. And it's not always a negative, support, dark way. How could you support people if you're always looking at how there's a difference? There's a healthy way to actually grieve and go through the grieving process. And we're talking about one of the healthy, the healthiest ways, communicate, lean in, embrace your support and keep your support abreast on what's going on with your mind, your heart, your body, your soul. Make sure you're very present in the moments that you need to be present in. And don't make it about the death as much as the celebration of their life. 
yeah. by living your life and celebrating your life. So there is a healthy way that you, when you look at another person and you're like, wow, they're actually strong. When you're saying that they're strong, um, when you're saying they're strong by the way they're processing the information and by the way they're still living, that's what you aspire to. You know what I mean? So you do know there's a healthier way to mourn. So we got to stop just using lazy words like difference and people are just human and we got to stop understand. using and, and start having the discussions. Those people really don't care about you. They're politicians. They really don't want to deal with the emotions and the backlash that comes with trying to help you cope emotion, I mean, cope in a more emotional, healthy way. Because you're going to get cursed out a few times by trying to explain to a person that they need to cope a little healthier. They're going to a dark place. They're going into depression. You don't just let them go into a depression to say they need time. Uh-huh. You know, you you it's the time to be that nagging friend, I guess, and stepping up and pulling them closer, letting them know you have to lean in. This is not an option. This is something that you need to do to maintain your health and maintain your, your peace of mind and maintain your, your emotional well-being. And maintain the rest of your relationships because Definitely. you you can't uh, you can't throw your the rest of your relationships away because somebody died. That that's crazy. Like that's your support, you know. So if you're not leaning in and you're pushing people away. In the long run, like you're not you're not being the most accountable within the relationship and it's not healthy. Definitely. So you go into any relationship knowing that death is a possibility and death. Is yes. Possible. So live your life. Make sure you give them everything you can. And in death, make sure you don't lose another another relationship due to losing a person in your life. Don't make sure you lose a, another person physically in your life. Lean in, well, embrace the relationships you have and make sure that you have happiness which is obviously our next topic we're going to discuss happiness people are fearful people are building too many relationships off of struggle and not enough relationships off of how could i make this person happy how could i give this person the best life possible when you think like that lean in a hundred percent into that that's a destination that should be your daily destination so the two, the two discussions we, the two topics we talked about prior, heartbreak and death. Think about it. When you're going through that, what's going to help you get out of those ruts and what's going to help you get out of that, those, those, those losses and overcome those losses? Finding what makes you happy again. Embracing what makes you happy. So don't be fearful of being happy. Like you don't want to post on Facebook because you don't want to look like your life is just too happy or you don't want to tell a friend how happy you are because they're not in the greatest place. Lean in, tell them you're happy, explaining them why you're happy, explain them how they can be happy. Don't run from, don't run from the idea of happiness. Don't run from the emotion of feeling happy. Like everybody talks about balance. I don't want to balance. I want to be happy most times. You know, I want to always be happy and that's the aim to have a happy life, to have a fulfilling life, to have a fruitful life. The thing about happiness too is most people are not comfortable outright being happy, especially if they're around people that are not. And what you realize is that you set the bar, right? Like you are the example of where everyone else should be. So it's okay, right? If you don't, if you don't, if you don't put it out there that this is what life could be, then how would the people around you know that they can actually get there? Right. So it's, you know, we we're conditioned to believe that 
you know, we should we shouldn't brag and we shouldn't boast and we shouldn't, you know, talk about our accomplishments because there may be someone else who didn't quite get there, right? But it, you're right, there may be someone else who didn't quite get there. But by me being the example, then they know that they can get there. And I think that everyone is so get so caught up in catering to the emotion of things and how someone's feeling that they kind of muffle the the joy and and not really putting things out there like again i'm gonna say it again like we are currently in a pandemic and you know people were are posting all sorts of things on on social media and some people believe that if you're having too much of a good time then you should realize that you know there's people out here that don't have lost their jobs and there's people out here who's on unemployment and they're struggling and they're doing this and that and third but you're right, there are people that are, un, that are unemployed and there are people that are struggling than more than someone else. But that doesn't take away from the fact that I'm doing okay and I'm happy and I didn't have a bad year. You know, just and because- you their inspiration. You yeah. Source of inspiration. Why and is, I'm in a hole, so everybody else needs to come down in the hole with me. No, they throw you a rope and they're telling you it's okay like to actually find joy within this, within this pandemic. It's actually okay to find joy within possibly losing a bunch of people in the pandemic and losing a bunch of people to the COVID um, virus. Well, or it's a mentality, you know, it's, it's, it's a mentality. It's, it's what it, it's, you know, we had to, excuse me. Huh, say that again? Coronavirus, excuse me, coronavirus. Uh, what did you say? The COVID virus, I mean. Oh, um, it's a mentality. It's, it's, you know, the, the world forced us to, to slow down and someone, some people embraced it and took it you know, they already had the life they was living. So nothing yeah, and then some say. people were really struggling with it. And again, struggling for different reasons. People were dying around us. There was so much uncertainty. I get it. Like there was a lot going on. Like we didn't know if we were going to have a job or this or that and a third. But, you know, I realized that I was the most content in the pandemic when I was furloughed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't really need anything. And, and I'm lucky that I didn't need anything, but I built a support where I didn't have to need anything. Okay. And, you know, things are better in groups. So when you have a group of people around and you guys are working together, it, it, it eliminates a lot of the stress. So because of that, it was, yes, I didn't know if I was going to go back to a job. I didn't know what was happening, but I did know that I had shelter, I had food and I had people around me and, and everyone was safe, safe and everyone's healthy. And at that point, what more do you need? The fact that we got out of the, pan the height of the pandemic and didn't lose anyone really close to us was a blessing, Definitely. you know what I mean? And that well, makes it a good it, year in it, itself. I did lose somebody close to me, but. But you know what I mean? Like in, 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 in your day to day. Yeah, like in your, like in your immediate, in your immediate life. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it, it, it's, that's a blessing within itself. The fact that we didn't get the virus, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying we're speaking on our experience and what we experienced, but the point is that there's always the silver lining in every situation Definitely. and it's up to you to see it. So happiness is a mentality is something that you have to want. You have to own, you have to strive for. It's not something that's going to be given to you. And it's not something that you should hide either. If you are happy, then you should be able to express that. If you are striving for happiness, or even if you're in a, in a place where you're in a rut and you're looking to be in a better place, lean in to get it. Definitely. Because happiness ultimately leads to joy. So obviously yeah. joy is the destination. Joy is where you want to be because joy is the mentality. It's saying anything that I encounter, I always can find joy within the fog. You know, I always can find joy. Happiness 
is what leads you to the joy. It's what it's the it's the emotion that tells you, yes, I'm in a joyful place. I need to keep building on this. So all the things you say, it it is true. It's like I'm not wasting a a moment of life, even though I may be mourning, even though I'm watching family members mourn because they lost, you know, very important pieces in their lives. So that's what I meant by like I lost people too because love is a group journey. And I watch, you know, my brothers actually lose their their father and go through that that you know that loss and you know it was hard for them you know but at the same time you know i had to be the encouragement i had to explain to them like you still have life don't guilt yourself into losing the hours and the seconds and the moments you have with the people that's in your life and the people that's moving forward so it's all about i never lost focus of explaining to them like let what, what about the joy in your life Remember the joyful times, remember the joyful moments, remember that you still have joyful moments to actually give back to this world. You have joyful moments to actually um, spend with the people that you care about. And a lot of people look at that as being insensitive and a person that's not really taking in their emotions, but I'm not gonna help keep digging the hole. Like that's not my job in anybody's life to help to actually have a shovel and let's keep digging the hole so they can curl up. My thing is always, how can we climb out this hole? And joy is the joy is the is the GPS. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm always gonna keep that in mind, regardless of because I may need somebody to be quote unquote that same insensitive when it comes to me losing somebody, a uh, 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 a family. I mean, I lost my father early in life, but if I lose my mother or something, that's gonna be a hard hit. If I lose any of my kids, it's gonna be a hard hit. If I lose y'all, you, if I lose Jasmine, that's going to be a hard hit. And I understand that. You know what I mean? If I lose my cousins, if I lose, you know, those family members that I do hold dear, that's going to be a hard hit. And I'm going to need to be reminded that joy is why we live. It's the it's the it's the the moment in life that you actually live and actually push forward. And who's going to do that for me? My support system. Who's going to allow me to see that my support system if i pushed them away i pushed away not only did i lose somebody but i pushed away my support system not only did i fall into this miserable place where i'm hard to be around but i lost my support system in the process so i'm gonna hold tighter like you lose somebody or you have a heartbreak like grip tighter remember that happiness is your is your emotion of choice and Joy is your destination. The mentality you always want in your life that reminds you why life is here, no matter what is going on in life. You know what I mean? No matter what's thrown at you. Don't let anybody break your spirit and your spirit should be ingrained in joy. Well, that's a good segue to the next, the next, the next, the next subtopic is commitment. Definitely. And having people around that or signing up for things that you truly believe in and yeah. really leaving it leaning into your responsibility so you, it's so easy you know when you're driven by emotion right to to make excuses for why you can't be committed in certain situations and commitment goes beyond the romantic relationships right Definitely. just committed and every like a commit, commitment is a responsibility anything that you signed up for Definitely. right and there's certain things like no matter what a person is getting up and going to work, right? Because it gives them money and they they believe that they 
they, they're, they're committed, they have responsibility to go to work because they have bills to pay, so on and so forth. But when it comes to relationships, you know, that's the area where it kind of takes a hit. You sign up for certain things, but you take people for granted and you don't really give 100% because A, you think that they're always going to be there, but that, that's the taking people for granted. And you think that committed commitment is, I, I kind of showed up, but I'm not really present. You know what I mean? And leaning into commitment is making sure that you showed up, showed up for every area that you signed up for and not just by showing up but really being present embracing it leaning in being accountable within those relationships and making sure that you're doing your part definitely the first sign that you're ready for a commitment and you're ready to lean into the commitment is understanding that the relationship is not about you it's about us yeah it's about us it's about having faith that this person has my best interest at heart it's about having faith that this person wants to enhance my life and my well-being and at the same time, that's my motivation to enhance them. So once you start like isolating yourself by saying, okay, this is my feelings, my emotions. No, you share your emotions and you share your feelings because it's a sign that something may be wrong, but it's not actual until you actually validate it with actual concrete evidence that supports that emotion. And we don't have a clear understanding, but that's what it takes to be in a committed relationship is honoring our agreements. It's understanding that communication is a vital part of that commitment. And it's understanding that letting a person into leaning in and letting a person into our emotional well being is a big part of that commitment. Understanding that our emotions shouldn't dictate and govern the relationships, the commitments and the principles should govern the relationships. So if those emotions don't coincide with the principles and the destination and the, you know, and, and the agreements of the relationship, we have to understand like the emotion is not actual. So yeah, we have things that we still want to hold on to that's ours, our, our independence and don't lose a, a track of yourself and no, but there's no relationships you should agree to that the agreements will make you lose who you are or allow you to lose who you are. The agreement should enhance who you are. Anybody you have in your life, providing that service and being me agreeing to actually live a life and coexist with somebody else should actually enhance who you are. It should enhance the understanding of or the identity of who you are. That's the whole point of it. Because both people involved are benefiting and are enhanced by the actual connection. So that's what commitment is, you know, about. Yeah, the thing is, like, you know, when we're connecting with people, a lot of times it's we connect on based on what the other person needs. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it's not really, it's not really started. It's not really, the relationship doesn't really truly start on what each of us want. It's really, there's a need to be met and we're looking for that need. Right. Mm -hmm. And then because of that, it, it gets to this weird place because you're not going to need something forever per se. Right. And it, it's, it's, it's not, you're committed to always helping that person, but is that really something that you can sustain? It really isn't, right? So I think, you know, people out the gate, they kind of go super hard and want to be this person, a person's rock, but it's hard to maintain that. So because of that, the relationship becomes a job Definitely. and it becomes draining. Mm -hmm. And then you, you second guess why you're even there, but and maybe not, and you may not even be able to articulate it, right? You just know that things are not really 
not really going well, it's not feeling good, and but you're in it, right? And this person is relying on you to be this person because this is what you signed up for. Definitely. And when you, we are forced in relationships with people, it's really important to understand the role that we want to play in and what we truly are signing up for. Because if you're trying, if you're signing up to be the person that is plugging all the holes, then know that's your job. And are you okay having that job for the long haul? Okay. And if you're not okay with, and if you're not with, with, with okay with doing that job long term, then that's probably something that you shouldn't commit to. Definitely, like commitment. And I got, I'm glad you made that point. Commitment is long term thinking. Yeah, it's not short term. It's not short term needs. It's long term thinking. So long term thinking is relationships are all I want. I want these relationships in my life. And if they need me, I'm there to support them. But the relationship is really there. And I committed to this relationship because this is what I wanted to do. Not because I needed to do it. So that's what we need to first understand. Like being somebody's need is draining. Being somebody's one is not. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when a person wants to spend time with you and a person wants to be in your life and a person wants to go out with you and a person wants to watch TV with you and a person wants to go, it's a lot easier. Everything is the health of the relationship. Everything, yeah, everything is very comfortable because both people are making a conscious decision to be in each other's life because of our last topic, the joy that you bring to each other's lives. And not even, even in arguing and doing all the disagreeing, you still see the joy in what you bring to each other's lives and Obviously, you're off track, so you're trying to get back on track to actually witness that joy again. But it's still a want. You have to want to argue. You got to want to be on the same page. You have to want to do these things. When you feel like it's a necessity, I have to do it, it becomes different. It's like when you have kids. Like, a lot of people have kids because they find out they're pregnant. So, yeah, do you have a, a is there hardships a lot more? Of course. Because they weren't planning that. It was something that was thrusted upon them. So yeah, they they start off with a hardship and the kid feels that hardship because they may feel the, the parent wasn't equipped to actually take on that responsibility because they didn't really truly make the decision. They just made the decision to have sex, but they didn't make the decision to actually get pregnant and have a child. Well, to have the child. They did, the decision they did make the decision. What are you saying? They made the decision. They didn't make the decision to get pregnant is what I'm saying. They did make the decision to get pregnant. They made the decision to have sex. They didn't consciously make the decision to get pregnant. I mean, it depends on if they decide to use a condom or not. As okay, again, they didn't think about it. So it's mindless. Okay. okay. Decision-making is not mindless. It's planning. If you're, you're making a conscious decision, it's a conscious but it's like, decision. It's like you- It's, it's like talking like, about the outcome of what like happened. In it's, a it's like I say, I don't want no more kids. I don't want any more kids, but yet I'm having unprotected sex. But that means you still don't want any more kids. You don't want any more kids. You're but just I'm trying happy. to have but sex. Not, but, I'm putting, but I'm not putting myself in the best position to to to, to get to my goal, which but is that's what you're saying. You're not putting yourself in the best position to get to that goal. But at the same time, you're not choosing to get pregnant. You're not making a conscious decision like I'm slaying down. It is a conscious decision if I say if if I say I don't want any more kids and I don't use a condom, then what do you like the chance of the likely the chance of me getting pregnant is high. You're talking about the likelihood. I'm talking about making conscious decisions. Making conscious decisions are things that are conscious. I'm going into this relationship and having sex knowing that they I can possibly get pregnant. Not yes. I'm being reckless and I can possibly get pregnant. You're talking about I'm being reckless and I can possibly get pregnant. But all I want is sex. I'm not thinking about the repercussions of having sex. So that's what you're talking about. I'm talking about making a conscious decision, meaning we're planning to have children. We're more likely to 
want the child. So we're more likely to make decisions that- I would say this, I would say responsibility versus the irresponsible. The, res the responsibility would be planning your pregnancy. The irresponsible Absolutely. thing would be, I don't want to get pregnant, but I'm not going to do anything to, to, to prevent that. It is irresponsible, but you're not making a conscious decision to have a child. You're having a child necessity now because you don't want to get an abortion or you don't want to kill a child. So now you have to deal with humanity, like things that deal with your, your humanity. But you didn't choose it. You Even though you, it, though. Un you unconsciously chose it. So you're telling me when you're unconsciously, like you walk out there, you walk out, you walk outside, you think you're running to the store. You consciously thought that if I can get locked out my house or I can get locked out the building and I might be cold. You're not consciously making that decision. You just think you're going to the store and coming back. Can it happen? Yes. Can you get locked out? Yes. Is it a lot? The likelihood might not be as likely. So that's what I'm saying. You're not making a conscious decision to go outside knowing that you may get locked out. They're not making a conscious decision having sex knowing they may get pregnant. All they're doing is maybe they went out that day and drank, or maybe they went out that day, you know, and maybe they they just really attracted to a person, so they're going off of their hormones. Whatever went on, that's what's happening. That's not conscious. So you're talking about the unconscious versus the conscious. I'm talking about making conscious decisions. I'm talking about making choices. Choices. You're making choices, but we're talking about making conscious decisions. So there's a whole different understanding. You're talking about making choices. I'm talking about making conscious decisions. Once. Once are conscious decisions. Necessity is, oh, now I'm pregnant. I, I'm going to have my child. Out of necessity. That's a big difference. Yeah. You could have said in the long run, you've made that choice. So your parents are going to tell you you made that choice, but they didn't make that conscious choice. So I'm talking about making a conscious choice versus making an unconscious choice and having an a, a unconscious consequence happen due to your choices. So you just talking about taking responsibility for your actions, which is all about what accountable relationships are about. I'm talking about, I'm not giving them a pass. What I'm saying is you're gonna have a hardship because you didn't necessarily think about the fact that you wanted this child. You just thought about sex. So you make a conscious decision versus making a conscious decision It's a want so you embrace parents, parenthood different. You, 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 I mean, I, 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 I agree with, I couldn't understand that, the, the hardship part of it and all of that. But that's I, all I was talking I about. I still disagree with you. That's what I was talking about. But what are you disagreeing with? I disagree that it's, it's, I mean, maybe we could look up conscious versus unconscious, but. No, I know what conscious I, and unconscious is. The, 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 you don't the, have to look it up. Consciously, unconsciously, you're, you're. I wouldn't even say unconscious versus it's it's what it's thinking long term versus short term. That's it's, unconscious it, versus conscious. Is that it covers all? everything? Yeah, that covers everything. Unconscious versus conscious. If you're drinking and you sleep with somebody and wind up pregnant, you wasn't conscious of the fact that you can possibly get pregnant. You just had sex. You weren't conscious because you weren't. You're talking about taking responsibility right for your actions. You're talking about taking responsibility for your actions, which is a whole different component of what I'm talking about. I know that every time I have unprotected sex, that th there's risk there. Okay, you're conscious of the risk. And you're, you're telling me that most people are? No. We're talking about the people that ended up pregnant and like, I'm pregnant, I didn't, they didn't really plan. You, you, if you go in and saying, I'm now taking responsibility and I'm like, if I do have unprotected sex, I can possibly have a child. You're conscious of it. So you're making a conscious decision versus a person that's not making a conscious decision. They still made a choice and not, not 
making not not allowing the fact that you can't get pregnant to be in their conscious in their conscious mind is being mindless. So when talking about committed, like we're committed right now to having this discussion and trying to be on the same page, that's commitment. But we're making a conscious decision to have this discussion, even though we're on a podcast, right? We're making a conscious decision. But at some point you're like, okay, what are we talking about? Commitment. We're talking about being committed to the decisions you make. And in commitment, you're being caught. We're not talking about the consequences. You get pregnant pregnant by accident, right? Mm -hmm. And you decide that you don't want to have an abortion and you decide to have a baby. The commitment is to make sure that you are not making it, making your child a burden because you made a decision to have. That is a commitment. But what I'm saying is that should be the commitment. But what I'm saying is it's harder to honor that commitment when you don't want children or you wasn't expecting to have a child. That's all I'm saying in percentages. We're not, we're never talking about absolutes. Is it a choice? Yes. Was it a conscious choice versus unconscious choice? Yes. You didn't look at the long-term ramifications of your decision, of your, of your choice. They didn't even decide. The decision was made for them. That's what I'm trying to say. Even though unconsciously having sex unprotected equals pregnancy but having sex protected and something happens during sex is also I mean, you run a risk anytime you have you sex run a risk is what i'm a- saying but when you're now making the decision that's what the one is i want a child i'm in a committed relationship or i'm not in a committed relationship but i'm making a conscious decision to have a child you're more you're more likely to have a stronger commitment to that child because you planned and you made a conscious decision to have the child Versus out of nowhere, that's all I've been saying. Out of nowhere, now I have a child, it becomes a necessity. You're put in a position where you're like, I'm having the child because I believe and my faith is not to have an abortion. I believe I should have the child because it's morally wrong not to have the child. But now it's out of necessity and not out of necessary want. So that's all I've been saying. You get what I'm saying now? I, I mean, I get it. I, no, I'm saying it's 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 absolute though. How could you not say that that's absolute? Because all I'm talking about, I'm not. You're talking about whether it's a choice or not. I'm talking about whether it's a commitment. Like, did, was you fully committed to having a child when you laid down to have sex? No. No, you weren't. Okay. That's all I'm saying. When you decide to have a child, was you fully committed to having a child when you laid down to have sex? That's the difference. The want versus the necessity. Because that's what we were talking about. Having your relationships, whether it's a child, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a, a partnership, maintaining the relationship out of a necessity versus a want. I want my children's happiness. I want my children to be the best they can be. I want to be the best parent I can be. So I'm more inclined to be the best parent. I'm more inclined to provide my child the best opportunities. I'm more inclined because I want it. I'm motivated by the want. Versus that's a necessity. I'm motivated by the necessity. It causes extra anxiety, causes extra stress, and it's not fun. It takes the joy out of actually being in the commitment. It Which does, but overall, actually can segue to love. But but no, but overall, it's 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 
it's still a choice. So whether it was planned or not planned, then yes, there are stresses when you plan things versus when you, there are stresses when you don't plan things versus when you do plan things. Um, but, but one is out of necessity. There's but commitment, but commitment, but, but being committed is a choice. Definitely being a committed is a def being committed is a definite choice. But what I'm saying is if you're not committed and you make a choice that leads to something that you have a hard time committing to, it now becomes a commitment out of necessity. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Versus a commitment out of one. Mm -hmm. And your commitment should always be ingrained in one because that's wow. what allows you to be motivated in your joy and your happiness. So use the condom if you don't want to have kids. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Don't have sex if you don't want to have kids. Well, yeah, I mean, you, like you said there's a risk for anything. Regardless, yeah. So even when you lose the condom, you decided to use a condom, you decide to have sex, and now you have a child, you still made a choice. Yeah. So it still goes along the lines of what you're saying, but you're still giving out advice based on what you're saying. Like, it's a choice. It is a and choice. And you still can run the risk of having a child that you are having a child out of necessity. Well, that's why it's important. I mean, I know this is not like have children, not have sex with anybody you're not willing yes. to have a child with. Exactly. Period. That's what it all boils down to. That's what it People boils down to. Them, then... But the point is, that's not what's actual. So what we're saying is, you're more inclined to be a better parent if you're actually thinking in that mode, long term. If everything, everything that deals with commitment, you're thinking long term, that's what the point is. So that brings us to love. Love obviously represents everything we spoke about. When you're going through heartbreak, lean into love. When you're going through death, going through death, excuse me, lean into love. When you're going through, when you want happiness and joy, that's love, show it, lean into love. When you wanna honor commitment, you have an agreement, lean into love. Like that's the important thing. Love is maturing into togetherness. It's having an understanding that there's something greater than me. I'm just the first part of what love is. I can't have love of myself and I can't have love without other people. So therefore I can have self-awareness and grow an understanding of what I need to actually acquire a loving relationship, loving connections, because love is a group journey. Love is something that we have together. So if you're not leaning into the process of love and you take love for granted, or you think love is still doing individual things at all times, or you think love is about you, that's when we all go wrong. That's when we stop leaning in and we start walking out and closing up and telling people that we don't have to do certain things that we signed on for and we're losing our identity. Love creates a different identity. It allows you to be the best of who you can possibly be. And that's through having meaningful, supportive, accountable relationships. Well, you don't truly know who you are unless you are around other people anyway. Definitely. I would agree like, 100%. We, we, you, I can say that I'm the best driver ever, but if I never drove, drove a car, like I could could have aced the exam and did whatever. Like, but if I don't drive a car, then how could I really know if I'm really the best driver? Like yeah. you have to, there's other components to it. And so in order for you to know who you are truly, you have to be around other people and other people that believe in accountable relationships, other people that believe in, 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 honest and healthy relationships people that believe that you're not you're not supposed to do this alone they don't mm -hmm. want to do it alone exactly. and and holding you to that so yeah we, we 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 see it all the time like you know 
take care of yourself and it's me, myself and I, and um, you know yourself better than, than no, I, no one knows you better than you know yourself and all these things. But if you keep everything in your head, then obviously nobody is gonna know you. And if you're not connecting with people, then obviously nobody is gonna know you, right? Yeah. So we're talking about the healthy people that are willing to put themselves out there, connect with people, not just live in their heads, um, vulnerable enough to say what's on their mind, um, when they are going through heartbreak, death, happiness, or struggling within the, their commitments or even embracing their commitments, they have other people around them to bounce those ideas off each other. Definitely, and they run from the black and white. They run from the black and white. Like we're unafraid to define love. We're unafraid to define what we see love to be and what we believe the best version of love is, accountable love. We're unafraid to, because we're saying if you, if the whole world experience accountable love they're not signing on for any relationships they feel obviously is a necessity they're signing off relationships they feel like they can flourish in and they, they don't have to do and our mental health gets better our stress is better you know what i mean our stress our stresses improve things of that nature we are in a better we are better people for it it's a better existence better together so yeah love is a group journey and togetherness fuels that love but if you're now surrounding yourself by the wrong people yeah, you lose faith in love. You lose faith in connection. You start believing self-help is the way to go. And I just need to improve myself and I just need to maintain myself. And we know a lot of people that are in their own bubble and they're not mentally, mental health is predicated on how we interact with other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're just sitting looking at a wall by yourself day in and day out, you're more inclined to go crazy than if you're actually spending time with other people and actually interacting with other people. The whole point is not to be in toxic relationships. The whole point is to be with people who are like-minded so everything is flowing the way it needs to flow. Mm -hmm. Not being with still, still being around people that still wanna are searching for their identity when you, you found your identity and now you're ready to move to the next phase of love. Mm -hmm. Maturing into togetherness and seeing that things need to coexist and we need to work together and we need to be one unit and love is all about finding ways to do that and problem solving and coming together and honoring our commitments and finding joy and happiness in life and you know working through our, our deaths and you know i mean processing heartbreak and being able to process everything in a, in a, in a productive and healthy way and that's where you pull from the idea and the faith of love because Joy is a destination. Love is a is a mentality. Not a love is a faith. Excuse me. Love is a faith. It's something you wake up and you are. You either are or you're not. So when you have love, you live the faith. You are, are the faith. You dream the faith. You believe in the faith. You make the faith a reality, and you're not really dealing with anybody who's not making the faith a reality. And when you see hate, you see hate. You could identify quickly because you know what love is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're right. Who's the who's more inclined to be me, 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 teenagers? So we gotta we gotta be real with what's going on. Teenagers are the most inclined to be about themselves. So now we have 40 year olds running around wanting to lack responsibility. We have 30 year olds running around wanting to lack responsibility. And they're like, well, it's about me. When did that happen? Or we have the retired 65-year-old, like, I've never really experienced life with just me. And it's like, what, then what was you doing with your life? 
Mm-hmm. Why was everything a chore? Why was raising kids a chore? Why wasn't it a, a joy? Why was, you know, spending time with your friends through this whole process not a joy? Why do you need so much you time? And now I'm able to spread my wings. Does your life change and does it adjust and do your kids get older and does your relationship with your kids change and does re- relationships with your friends? I mean, I don't think that should change too often. And your spouse, I don't think that should change too often, but things happen that does change the relationships. But why don't you have a life at 65 that you want to maintain? Because like we said before, like when we're, we're making these connections, it's off of a need and not a want. So Definitely. you're working at a job that you really don't want to be at. You probably had kids with a woman that, or a man that you really don't don't want didn't want to be with all those years but you stayed because of the kids you know what I mean and mm-hmm. and you do you did things in life long you made long-term decisions well, plans with people and and that you probably didn't want to you didn't want to spend all that time with but you stayed you stuck it through because for different reasons right so I, mm-hmm. yeah so I think that if people you know are really honest about what they truly want and 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 going for what they want and knowing that when you know what you want it 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 shrinks the the, the pool of people that you could pick from right Definitely. and being okay in that space until you get what you truly want instead people get what they they need in the moment and they make these long-term decisions and then they're unhappy so when they turn 65 right kids are grown and doing their own thing and you guys are sleeping in separate rooms and just basically coexisting is not the most fulfilling connection because you guys never really wanted to be in the situation to begin with. It was more of a need instead of a want. So it's, it's as we realized, and I know like it's like, as we realized, if we didn't realize it this year, life is, is short. Things are unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen. So pick the people that you truly want to be around and, and really foster those connections and stop taking people for granted because we don't know. And if you want to, if there's a job that you want, go for it. If there's a person that you want to date or you want to be with, explore that, you know, and, and have those conversations and be honest with yourself because time waits for no one. No one is, is, is guaranteed anything. And in order for you to have the support that you need, you have to be in the best position to receive that. Definitely. And if you live in the faith of love, you attract love. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? If you live in the faith of love, you you definitely attract love. Like, I always thought if you invite a, a group of friends to the pool and it's just you and your group of friends in the pool, you have a lot more fun than just sharing it with a bunch of people you don't know, right? Yeah. So you're, you, you're really trying to find that pool of people that you can actually enjoy life with, you can actually swim with, you can actually coexist with, you can actually maintain the life with. And you understand that it's going to be a small group of people, though you'll have associates, you'll have coworkers, you'll have different people you interact with or different people you network with, but you have your core group of people that you can say, I love, because you live through love. Doesn't mean that you don't show other people what love is. Doesn't mean that you don't show other people how they can actually achieve love and how they can actually coexist with you if they become friends or they become a part of your day-to-day circle. You can show them what love is. But love is a faith. Love is a faith that you have to have within your heart to actually connect with other people's hearts. And when you lose track of that, you disconnect and you pull yourself in. And like what you say, now you're focusing on improving self mm-hmm. at 35 and at 40 and at 50 and at 65, where you should have mastered life where you're going through a routine. Like we always say, joy and happiness is doing the same thing over and over again and understanding this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You're living, you already found the life you want to live. Now you're just maintaining it. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're all at. You know what I mean? Buying a buying a house, 
that you can maintain, having a car that you really enjoy that you can have for years. Like you're always trying to find that stability. And that's what we want to understand. Love is a stability, it's a constant. It's something you can rely on. So once you have that, you have the right people, you have the life you want, you can rely on it. So when you are 65 and you're retiring, you're just living the same life you've been living with less responsibilities. Yeah, I was gonna say less, less, less responsibilities. Yeah, less, 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 less income responsibilities and more time to actually give to the people you love. That's the, that's the only change in life. But everything else, you're just embracing everybody a lot more. So when it comes to being in loving relationships, when it comes to being in accountable relationships, Accountable relationships involve leaning in. So when you actually have a heartbreak, don't be afraid to lean in, expose yourself, and let everybody that's close to you in on what you're thinking. Have as many group discussions, have as many discussions as possible to actually allow you to persevere through that heartbreak and get back to being the best you can be. If you're going through death, no matter how final it is, don't believe people can't help you through it. What are they in your life for if you believe that they can't support you at your hardest times? The point is, allow them to support you at your hardest times. It's very important. When you think of death, you think of the next phase of somebody's life, the next phase of somebody's spirit, however you look at it. It's the next phase of your life. It's you living for more than one person now. And as long as you have life, you have to respect life. And when it comes to happiness, and obviously it's synonymous with joy for us at this point, we look at joy and we're like, this is a destination, it's a mindset. It allows us to say, this makes us feel good. This is something that we want to maintain. So it allows us to now have the feeling of happiness and work towards joy on a regular basis, which leads us to commitment. We're not gonna commit to anybody. We're not gonna lean into anybody that doesn't bring us joy. And and getting that joy, as we said before, is what having relationships and having commitments that you want, not need, not out of necessity, having commitments out of want. So that's an important understanding. And obviously we're gonna have a video about having commitments out of wants versus having commitments out of necessities, but we'll elaborate on that going forward. And love, love is a group journey. It's just that simple. It's maturing into togetherness. It's a group journey, it's being ready to not just focus on me, but build us. And that's what love is, it's a faith, a dedication, a devotion, a trust, a honesty. So, you know, this has been another Accountable Love podcast. We, you know, we want everybody that's in accountable relationships to lean in because accountable relationships involve leaning in. Absolutely. So my name's Aziz. I'm Jerry. And this is another Accountable Love. Peace. Joy.